This podcast is a Bendigedig Media production. Hi, I'm David Cottrell and you are listening to a Touchline Rant podcast. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 220 of A Touchline Run. I'm your host this week, Mitchell Lewis Gadd, and I'm joined by not one, not two, but three beautiful co-hosts. Three absolutely wonderful. I'm going to start with the introductions with Cassie. Say hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Hello, everyone. Uh, Sorry, I don't, I don't follow instruction very well, do I? I know, I, I sort of introduced you and said, say hello, everyone. So, you know, I'm just trying to confuse you earlier on. <laughs> um, it is 5.31 in Australia. Um, how are you doing, all right? I'm good, I'm good. How are you, Mitchell? I'm wonderful, I'm wonderful. Uh, next up, Steve Bennett, come on down. <laughs> hi, hi, yeah, hi, hi. How are we all doing tonight? <laughs> and finally, rounding us off, Mr. Luke Smalley. Say hello, Luke. I have no idea what to say to any of this. <laughs> <laughs> Very jazzy this morning. Well, it's evening for you guys. Um, so we've got lots to talk about this week. We had a week off last week, so um, three weeks into the Premier League season, we've got a bit more, a bit more of the eye test to go off of. Seen a bit more of each of the the contenders and pretenders, but um, I've got in our midst two very, very, very happy Manchester United fans after the game on Monday night against Liverpool. So I'm going to start with one of those, Luke. Uh, (laughs) Manchester United, 2-1 win over Liverpool. Um, You must be very happy. What did you see differently in this game that you haven't seen in the first two two game weeks? Do you know what I feel like? (laughs) I feel... Like the first man that got Viagra on a prescription. And I thought it would never happen again for him. i got to admit, that's what you look like right now as well. <laughs> that's a lot to do with the lighting, to be honest. <laughs> there is, There was something about... I wasn't expecting it at all until probably 45 minutes before kickoff. And I put it into our group chat. And I was just like, I'm starting to think like we could win here. And it was, I don't know what, I think it was, I think it was the build-up, I think Casemiro, it felt like it had gone on my head. It, I felt like a, a middle-aged housewife who doesn't get out, out often, going out and having three champagnes <laughs> I mean, quick, in quick succession. Like your mum, Mitch, when she danced on that boat in Australia. <laughs> 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 and it behind the scene. Shout out, Chrissy. Keep it in niche. Um, but... What I think we did differently, I took that completely off, but I don't know, sorry, I'm just delirious with the excitement of actually enjoying watching my football club. Um, um, what we did differently, there was energy, there was fight, there was commitment, there was determination, like early doors, you could see, early doors, there was no fucking around you. They were on it. They wanted to prove a point. It was their. It's the biggest game in world football. I do not give a shit what anyone says. I don't care if we're in Division 2. It's the biggest game in world football. 
and it's at Old Trafford, and they've just been humbled by Brentford. They had they went out and went, nah, fuck this shit, we're Man United. <laughs> it, do you know what I mean? And it was glorious. Honestly. Oh. Next so have, yeah. <laughs> I think you picked, <laughs> you picked up a good point there. I think the energy was was, was definitely there. Um, there was one, sorry of... to cut you off, but there was one actually pinpoint, which I thought was exactly what the difference was, was Bruno Fernandes charging down a ball towards the back line and diving in with a tackle to pass it to Anthony Alanga on mm. the wing, who subsequently hit the post. Mm. It was he... just Bruno just didn't give up on a ball which looked like it was dead. He went, nah, not today. Not today. Not today. And also the, the there was a, a, a lot of aggression as well. Um in a good way. Uh, there was sort of controlled aggression. I, I, you know, Martinez sort of he he let Salah know he was there pretty early on. Um, controlled is the correct term, I think, because controlled. Uh, there was definitely a safe word involved in this. There was aggression, but it wasn't yeah. it wasn't Balotelli levels of just <laughs> lunacy. You know. What did you enjoy about it, Steve? Um, I kind of had to echo what Luke said, but I, I mean, Fernandez was an absolute terrier in this game. He was absolutely everywhere. Um, I don't know whether it was a um, combination of you know being completely humbled by Brentford or or just him being given the captain's armband in lieu of Maguire being dropped which I think was the best thing that United that United could have done um not just after Brentford but just generally um he was absolutely everywhere I will say that I think he's a very lucky boy um if Martinez isn't stood where he is he's just absolutely best just before half time, and he looks like an absolute mook. Um, I was talking about Fernandez there, not Luke. So I was um, just going to say, speaking of him like a mook. <laughs> Luke, was... Luke, Luke, for those who obviously can't see, has just put a uh, Man United beanie on and a Man United scarf on, uh, and it's August. Um, it is quite hot. I have got a hoodie on as well. <laughs> take, he's going to take it off immediately. Is that hard? It it was all for the gram. It was the hat making him sweat all the Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a com- it's a cruel combination of both. One that's yeah, unique to terrible. me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think Martinez absolutely, like like Lou said, absolutely beasted um, Liverpool's front line. Um, he, you know, he, he didn't need to. He didn't have. He didn't really have any aerial battles to win. But I think even if he'd had to, he would have. Um, I don't know if anyone watched the Eric Ten, the much anticipated Eric Ten Hag interview before, which then they only showed the bloody highlights of anyway, which was ridiculous. Hmm. But anyway, one of the things he said in that was uh, in in response to Carragher's questioning about um, uh, him not winning long balls, which was Carragher trying to fancy talk saying, "Why have you signed a short centre half?" Um, he said, "Well, he dominated. If you look on every uh, every other metric." Martinez dominated which was which was spot on and that was even including the Brentford game um I think he looked much more assured everyone looked like they had been given a rollicking for not running eight miles eight miles as much as Brentford last week um you could absolutely tell that um I thought Rashford grew in confidence during the game there was a couple of opportunities early on which I think 
Rashford from three or four years ago would have just been banging him rather than taking an extra touch. He always looks like he's playing with his head down. Um, but towards the end of the game, he tried a little flick that didn't quite come off. But the fact he tried it, I think, was progress. And that goal, I mean, I was watching with my mate, who's an, uh, a huge United fan. And we, I said to him during the game, I said, if he, if Rashford gets a goal tonight, that's that's going to change his season. Like mm -hmm. that is going to be the that is going to be the uptick that he needed to hopefully re-energize himself and hopefully reposition himself in in Eric Ten Hag's plans. For, yeah, we'll to get for it the, in as squad. well. Yeah, because you know if if Ronaldo does want to move on and does move on, then we've got Martial and Rashford, and I think he might put keep Rashford up front. Um, I don't know. It's, I don't think it's his best position, but I think be he proved last night. to see how it goes. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think he proved last night that he can do it. And and Martial coming on and having a great game. Some oh, of the, the build-up play was really... unbelievable. The issue, um, the issue that I have with Martial is I feel like we're falling back into a hole a little bit. Do you know what I mean? It, it does happen. It happens. But, but I've you, been here before. But, but don't bring don't bring yourself down tonight. I know I can't help. It's it. a day. It's less than twenty four hours I feel after like an such a, a landmark <laughs> result. We haven't beaten them for four and a half years. Like this is this is huge. And 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 for me, it capped an amazing day because it was like I had my my twenty week baby scan in the morning. Yeah. Everything's good. Two healthy heartbeats. Two little boys. So very excited about oh, that. God. Oh shit. Well, <laughs> At least you dodged a bullet. And a two beautiful bit. goals for Man United. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm uh, speaking as a man who's had two two female children in the house. Oh, <laughs> no, I, I would have been excited. There's no really. walk in the park. Um, yeah. I start, and I, and I started like my new job yesterday. So yeah. the last thing I was like, can it be three from three? Can United <laughs> beat Liverpool and make this the perfect Monday? And it only bloody went and happened, didn't it? So yeah, for me, it was a... It was a perfect end to a perfect day um and and i was saying to cassie in the build-up before we came on air i don't think we can say semi on air steve <laughs> <laughs> we'll get more we'll get complaints um i yeah we won't talk about the the whole thing we were talking about but i, I haven't we made it sound so much worse <laughs> you started it um, <laughs> I haven't enjoyed watching football. I haven't enjoyed watching football that much in a long time. I started. <laughs> I started the second half, even like with a smile on my face, but also slightly cocky. Not a semi. It was. It <laughs> what was, is going on here, Mitch? <laughs> it was wonderful. Oh, shit. I'll we, leave it. Can we that. move on to how poor Liverpool looks? <laughs> I regret we, seeing we, Viagra. The more this podcast goes <laughs> on, we will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring out our, our, our non-Man United co-host into the conversation now <laughs> let's talk about really let's talk about liverpool um three games cassie without a win mm -hmm. they're looking very shaky at the back one of the things i think was very evident in the in the game last night was the the, the space between the center halves between van dyke and um and, and gomez um do you think it's just a matter of of time before they they come good or do you think they've got bigger um, more deeper rooted problems at liverpool at the moment I, I just think there's like a plethora of issues there right now. Um, like you said, the space in that back line was... I mean, I, I think Trent is getting found out a little bit as well because Mitrovic was absolutely over the top of him in that Fulham game. Like, it was mm. 
you know, you've got you've got Van Dyke bolted to the line last night as if he's Noel Gallagher at Glasgow singing fucking Wonderwall. There's um, just a massive problems. I do feel for them, you know, they've got, I think at the start of the season, they have, what, 10 injuries, including people like Jota and Thiago. And uh, and that is huge. But they you look at that starting injuries. 11. <laughs> you look at that starting 11 that went out last night, they should be beating teams like Fulham and Palace. I'll leave Man United out of it because I think that game's a very different game. Anyone mm. can win it on the day, regardless oh, of what we'll form you're in. we'll fully lose to Southampton on the weekend. Let's not <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I just think there's an absolute mass of, of problems there. I mean, I think what's very apparent as well is how much they miss Mane. Because mm. he controlled everything going down the left. And now it's like... There's a Their midfield last night, as we record this last night but against Manchester United. But you start with Milner, Elliot and Henderson. I thought that was very peculiar when Fabinho... Why let Fabinho out? I have no yeah. idea. Because mm. the, 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 the difficulty is, is when you've got Henderson there, that's not his normal role. He normally yeah. plays on that right-hand side and protects um, protects Alexander Arnold and has been, fills that space there. And what's happened is if you've got Elliot on that side who... I mean, he's he's a, an exciting young player, but he's, his first he's thought is going forward. And he's out of position. So what's happening? And I, I think I mean, it's interesting because obviously United have been criticised for not dealing with the teams targeting them, Brentford in particular, in the last game. What was really interesting was you saw in a lot of pre-season how Ten Hag, there was that clip of him shouting, what the F are you doing to De Gea when he knocked it long? And, and the side were playing short. And De Gea's delivery last night was always to the right-hand side, hitting it long. No short yeah. step. Boom, boom, boom. Right-hand side. Target Alexander-Arnold, as you were saying, Cassie. He's been targeted again. He's, he's had trouble this season against Fulham as well. He's targeted. Gomez is not knowing what to do. He's shuffling over. Suddenly, there's this massive gap between Gomez and Van Dijk. Yeah. And I, th- I was really surprised by Klopp's decision to leave Fabinho out, particularly when you've got Thiago there as well. I'm not sure yeah. what they're doing. They, they don't seem to know their best best eleven even at the moment, which is a that bit of a sh- That high sure press as well, it's just leaving them so exposed. Like If a team has got time. quick wingers, this is, this is why Sancho and Rashford benefited so much from it because they were pressing so high. They were just being caught on the counter. And Alanga, Alanga was all over them. Oh, yeah. Alanga was first half. That was, his, that was his strongest. That was his strongest um, asset in the first half. Was just pushing and pushing and pushing. And like you say, when he hit the post, I was like, "Well, that's a complete." You know, it, I thought that was going in, and I thought well, if that yeah. goes in, that just proves that just gives justification to to what he's been doing. Because when I saw he was in the first in the starting eleven, I was like, "Ah, oh, really? Like, is he the strongest?" Is that the strongest? You know, because you look at Martial on the bench, and you think, well, surely the strong, the, the first, the strongest front three would be Martial, Sancho on the right, Rashford on the left. Putting Alanga in, you've got to think there's got to be a and, but it completely justified. It paid off big Absolutely. time. Absolutely, it's interesting to see yeah. if teams also target that side now because Liverpool are going to have to answer those questions. Yeah, um, Palace. Uh, uh, is it Palace? No, it's not Palace. They've got they've got Bournemouth. So um, Bournemouth next. Bournemouth next. Um, Telling you what, I'm just throwing it out there. If Liverpool play like they have been doing, Bournemouth will ping balls up front. Yeah. Kiefer Moore will be all yeah. over them. All Billings over. a physical player as well. You know, I think 
Yeah, you build yeah. If, if, if they if if they play whoever they play holding that anchoring no, that Tavernier as field, well. It, if they put Fabinho on them and just say, look, that's where your battles are won. Other than that, get it up front <coughs> to him. They'll be fine. They they could surprise people. Mm. We'll see. Right, we'll move on because we've got others to talk about. That was a yeah, great game uh, for United fans and yeah, Liverpool with some some questions to answer. Let's move on to the champions, Manchester City. Uh, Cassie, um, fantastic game on the weekend against Newcastle. Um, yeah, they gave a real good go of it, didn't they? Uh, did Newcastle expose any issues that Man City have got? Or do you think it was just one of those games where um, Newcastle were really on it on the day and um, and just gave a, a good account of themselves, their side on the up? Or, or is there issues for City to, to respond to as well? I think Newcastle were fantastic. Like, I thought they looked bright. Sam Maximum looked unbelievable. Like, absolutely running rings. Um, and I don't really want to discredit Newcastle for that performance because they were superb. But I do think, you know, we spoke about it a little bit in the transfer podcast. You know, City have let go of some players that we all kind of went, this is odd decisions. Mm. And I think this game kind of exposed that a little. And you're going, they don't look as flush as they did last season. And they don't look as as tight and they're coming on and not kind of giving that Man City performance that is clean and and that what we're expecting to see. Um, yeah. Not for any part in that game. None of us were watching it and going, well, oh, Newcastle have won this. You, you're still watching it until the dying yeah. minute going, City could still do this. No mm. one wants to concede three goals, but I feel like City are one of those teams that they can get points very ugly. Mm. And then that's basically what they did. They took a, t- a point and it wasn't yeah. a nice way to win a point. Newcastle deserved the three. Oh, yeah. That three. I always feel like I always feel like City have got another gear. Like mm. they could be they could be playing in fifth gear and still go up to sixth in order to, to grind out a result or to, to get a win. And I feel that is exactly what they did. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, they got the two goals in, in what, four, four minutes? Yeah. 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 It'd be interesting to see because really Newcastle, obviously, since Eddie Howe came came in, have been brilliant and their home form has been absolutely fantastic. So really, I mean, you know, when you're three one down away from home, yes, Man City, they, they expect and they feel they can win any game home or away. But actually, it might not be a bad, a bad point at the end of the day because Newcastle are, are going to turn over a lot of sides there. It was a bit like... Um, it's a bit like the kind of Kevin Kevin Keegan era at uh, <laughs> at Newcastle. With, with... The entertainment. I didn't know which way you were going to go then. I didn't know if you were going to go four four against Arsenal or. <laughs> I think a lot of teams are going to be afraid to play there this year. I think a lot of teams are going to have to go into that game with a very different attitude than they would have had last year, the season before. I'm dreading yeah. playing Newcastle at St mm. James. I think any side's going to have is going to struggle there. I yeah. I feel like they've become uh, a different proposition and not, not just because of the money and the investment, but because of the momentum that's around the place. Yeah. Um, I, my friend's a Newcastle fan and, you know, he was saying similar things that we were saying about the, the Liverpool game, but he has been since Eddie Howe came in, like 
I'm actually quite looking forward to watching my team play and oh you know we actually won and that's a weird feeling and you know actually nice to feel like you can get get behind the team you know the the, the period under Steve Bruce was was cannot be cannot be stated enough how demoralizing that was for what, for the, what Steve Bruce does to you that's yeah, just what he does and, and, you know and even even before like like a hemorrhoid <laughs> You'll need another Viagra in a minute. You're talking about we, Steve. Bruce. We need we need like an ATR bingo because so far we've had semi, we've had Viagra, <laughs> now we have hemorrhoid, <laughs> and it's a football podcast, boys. <laughs> he is your friend, Steve. Might not want to listen to the next bit of what I'm going to say. <laughs> Being a Newcastle fan, and not to I don't offend. think anyone wants to listen if it carry on down hemorrhoid, <laughs> <laughs> hemorrhoid <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> um. I've always had a problem with Newcastle. Um, <laughs> Luke, you've got a problem with everyone. They yeah, do. <laughs> no, the problem is, is I just, I, I realise that we're in an imperfect beings in an imperfect world. So I'm not expecting everyone to, to be perfect. So I just tell the truth. And a lot of people don't like it. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that. Weird. It's not my problem. I'm just telling the truth. Have you got a reason um, for having a problem with Newcastle? Or is it just you've just got a yeah, problem? They're, 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 they're this ridiculous sense that they're this massive club. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> I'm sorry, but any of us deep down will not Nottingham <laughs> Forest on this on this call alone. Manchester United, gigantic club, have won many, many, many trophies. Yeah, on a European level and a domestic level. Nottingham Forest, back to back European cups. Let's, Unreal. let's brush over Spurs. Spurs, Spurs doing well. Carling Cup. No. Loved no. <laughs> it. Spurs, let's be honest, Spurs under Bill Nicholson, back in the glory game, were the best English, were the best side in English football. Thank you. And they were well respected and a great side across Europe. These these are clubs with history. <laughs> Newcastle, what? One that fan once punched a fucking horse. Like what else? <laughs> it was funny though, wasn't it? It was good. I'm... <laughs> I'm going to try and keep our... I don't know. I just, sorry, I just don't know <laughs> why they think they're... Good... They're not a big club. Sorry, mate. They're not a big club. They're just the only club in the city. That's it. <laughs> United, United do... win one game and this is what happens. He gets ah, <laughs> He gets two... No, I don't like their owners either. But, that's but I do think for the Steve... record, I don't agree with that. Oh, Steve did... Am I going to get something? the headache? Listen, calm down, you. Calm down. You've said enough. You've said enough for now, Luke. Um, Steve did hit on something with that feel-good factor because there, there, there is this sense of momentum there. Um, and I think I will just say this about Newcastle fans is they're very passionate. They make a lot of noise. And if their team are doing well, they'll back them to the hilt and it will be a difficult place to go. Um, but I'll just move, move on. Final word on City before we move on. Um, Harland... Um, in the couple of weeks since we last did a podcast, we had saw him get an assist against Bournemouth. So we saw Phil Foden get taken off pretty much for not passing to Ireland, which was based on yeah. Pep Guardiola's comments, which was interesting. So he's their talisman. What have you made of him so far? I'm going to bring Steve in first on this one. Steve, what have you made of Harland so far? I was going to say, from watching the Newcastle game, I felt that actually Harland's getting in some cracking positions. And I don't know whether it's just spur of the moment um, stuff from in in each of the individual circumstances where the, the 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 city player that has the ball just goes oh fuck it I'm gonna have a shot 
or whether it's like they're just not used to passing to someone in a number nine's position because they haven't had that. Although I don't completely buy that because they're so they were so they are and they were last season so fluid that regardless of whether it was a number nine or not, there's always been somebody in a good position because it's part of what Guardiola's philosophy is. But I noticed in the in the City game that there was a good three, two, three, maybe four opportunities where he'd have had it on on a plate if someone had just rolled it into him instead of having a shot. And so far, he's quite calm and he seems to be quite patient with it. But mm. I can only see that lasting so long. He's mm. got three goals in three games. He got an, no goals in the last game, but an assist. That's decent. That's a decent return. But it's not tearing up the Prem like everyone thought it was going to be. Interestingly, exactly the same as Aguero's uh, first season there. Oh, I'm a big fan of that. We love the romance, don't we? We love oh, the romance. The romance I, I just, is I just think, Yeah, I just think he's... He, it, he, is, he is the player that everyone thinks he is and wants to be, wants him to be. He is going to smash the mm. Premier League, tear at a new arsehole. But just because he's arsehole. not... Coming who, in, who had asshole on their bingo That card. was specifically for you. That was for you guys. <laughs> um, he he is going to do that, but just because, as Cassie said, he's not um, ripping it up completely straight away, it doesn't mean that he's not going to be that huge player like Aguero was for for City. I think mm. it's going to be a matter of time. He will he will integrate within the squad better, and everyone will get used to playing to playing to him at some point. If yeah. I could give this section of the podcast a name, it would be "Are you hard for Harland?" <laughs> is that a, is that the title of the podcast? That's the title. It could be. It could be. Still time. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> let's go to uh, let's go to North London. Um, Arsenal three from three, three 0 win at Bournemouth. Um, Cassie, I'm going to go to you as our Spurs fan because I like making you talk about Arsenal in positive ways. Um, <laughs> what you... How great are Arsenal right now, Cassie? Kurt, the floor is yours. Make me feel sick. <laughs> There's no question. Just an op- It's an open question, so you can just give a nice monologue on how beautiful they've been. I've Before got, you answer this, just I've remember who you're talking about. That's all I'm <laughs> I've got the opposite of a semi right now. <laughs> inverted. <laughs> it's inverted semi. Oh, God. They look good, fine, okay? They look good. (laughs) But they have played three of the shittest teams in the league. So that's all you're getting from me. Fair enough. That was more than I expected, to be honest. That was (laughs) another possible name for this podcast, sort of, didn't it? Inverted semi. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Luke, um, since you might be able to talk about Arsenal with a a bit less bias... uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what what's Arteta? Is it Arteta? Do, have you seen anything different from Arteta? Or are they just running over sides they should run over? Or, or, or has uh, is he doing anything a bit different this season? I don't know how I feel about Arteta yet. Um, on the surface, he looks as though he's doing things differently. He's assembled this young, talented squad with a clear set of rules which they must abide to on the pitch and off the pitch and blah 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 um it's the other part is i'm not sure 
about him at all. I think I think he might be a little bit inflated by the media. Is that too harsh, though? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure, but I think it may be because of that fucking documentary series for Amazon. Um, (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, and the subsequent memes that have come out of it. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's the cardigans. I don't know. (laughs) It's Arsenal, isn't it? Let's be honest. Oh, we look, Arsenal start the season well. We're all talking about this is their year. Then they get a bit shit around Christmas. Then the new year, they start getting a little bit better. Then about March, they get really good again. And everyone's like, they're going to make a surge for the top four. And then they finish about sixth or seventh. Well, they they might they're Every not year. really going to necessarily um, be tested this weekend. Fulham have been all right, but you know if they do win, Fulham have been. I, until, I think Fulham too many have questions, actually been really like way better than I expected. Fulham, way yeah. better. Way, way better. Mitrovic is looking like um, a proper Premier League striker. He's finally. He's having his Bamford season, isn't he? He's, he's, he? That's what happened. We're all Everyone said Bamford couldn't do it in the Premier League. Then he came up with Leeds and banged them in. He's having that season. He'll be fine. Andreas Pereira, somehow he's looking like a footballer. More and more mm. each week. I like Kenny uh, Kenny Tete. is good. They've got Bern Leno. He's a good... So- they, 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 they're good. They'll still go down. You know, he's full <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> but they're looking, they're looking decent. You know, yeah, they'll, they'll lose on the weekend. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about um, I tell you, I think is much maligned as a footballer, but has had a good start to the season. Is Granite Jacker? I think he's actually been all right. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's all, um, because he's he's reined it in on the suicide missions. <laughs> deeply, that's the problem. Granite Jacker, he's the prime example of why in any situation, in any walk of life, whoever you are. If you're in an emotional state, don't make any fucking decisions in any way about anything. Get out of that emotional state. Granny Jacker sometimes looks so annoyed. I'm like, he could literally murder someone here. And it would probably be like someone in the crowd. <laughs> and then he'd kick off for getting a red card for it or something. Do you know what I mean? He's that sort of player. But yeah, he's been decent. To be fair, him, Martinelli and, and Zinchenko, his movement with those two has been pretty good. Yeah. Issue, yeah. that was a the issue that you have is eventually like you know as like my grand my grandfather used to say to me if it walks like a duck and it's it quacks like a duck it's probably a duck it is granite jacker <laughs> eventually he's going to get suspended like I enjoyed, the, <laughs> I, I enjoyed the bit on the dock actually on the arsenal dock um where i can't remember which red card it was he got last season but it was one of them and uh in the in the aftermath of the well not the aftermath of the game the day after in training whatever sack has given him some shit for it in the physio room not not in, in a light-hearted way and jack was just like you're welcome if i didn't do it he would have got through and scored so <laughs> kind of, you're psychopath. welcome guys. So, and i just so, exactly you that's what i mean like, kids. but that's no. what's in his mind his mind is just like if i don't take this guy out he's gonna score but i can't just i'm not just gonna just like like a little ankle tap I'm going to full-on murder him. <laughs> all my football boots. Do you know who else thought like that, Steve? The Yorkshire Ripper. And look what happened to him. 
<laughs> You're not comparing Granite Xhaka to the Yorkshire Ripper, are you? That's good. There's a lot of similarities. Wow. <laughs> you know, on the weekend, you told me not to tweet after five pints because I get a suit. I feel like this episode is going to get a suit. Yeah, probably. This could be it. This could be right, 220. I've been looking for my trick for a while, to be fair. <laughs> it's been on the cards for a while, to be fair, and I'm surprised we've lasted to 220. But I, I'm fully expecting, uh, I'm fully expecting to be sued. Um, <laughs> it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Zinchenko as well, who's been playing obviously on that, on that um, as wing back. But you know, Tierney's back. He's been been on the bench, but um, uh, it, you get the feeling that maybe Jacko is sort of one red card away from getting dropped and Zinchenko coming in that move. But anyway, Arsenal looking good. I'm going to move us on to uh, the other part of North London. The uh, the happier side in in Cassie's uh, eyes, Spurs, <laughs> uh, seven points from nine. Um, what do you make of the performance against Wolves? It wasn't it wasn't completely fluid, but it seemed like you grounded out. And what what do you make of it? Spurs haven't got into gear yet, which you know is fine because we've still got the seven points. If I was having this conversation at the start of last season, it would be Spurs haven't got into gear yet. We haven't got a single point. But we're taking, we got a point at Chelsea, which is huge for us. Yep. And without playing that well as well. Yeah, Yeah. well, that's exactly my point. Like, I'm watching it going, oh, this isn't nice to, it's not enjoyable for me to watch right now. But we're Mm. taking points. I mean, this weekend's game, that first half, the attacking players we are starting and I'm sad they're literally like, do me a favour and just shove it up there because there's no balls going forward. Shove yeah. <laughs> it up there! Get it that's, up the, that's the podcast title. Do me a favour and shove it up there. <laughs> I can just imagine you for the TV. Shove it up there! <laughs> but you know, there's no balls going forward and you've got all... <laughs> Fucking shit! <laughs> oh! Right, I'm I'm sweating. Rip, Luke, rip me a new arsehole and then do me a favour and show oh, up there. What's going on? I... <laughs> okay, hang on, let me breathe. I'm just going to carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was very frustrating. The second half came... <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, let's let's just let's reset there while everyone's losing their mind. That is, I think, the single greatest thing to ever happen on this podcast. I just want to paint the, the listener best. a mental picture here for a second. Um, Cassie is visibly sweating and looks like she's about to take off her, her outer layer. Um, Mitchell spent most of the last two minutes in the background, like crying into his hands. And uh, Luke was disappearing so far into his hoodie. Uh, he looked like a he, he looked like a retiring tortoise. Um, it was it was quite the spectacle. Oh, God. That's uh, the best thing ever. I should really um, think before yeah. I speak. Good Spurs, good goal. Good. End. Good. Spurs are good. I wouldn't be worried if I was a Spurs fan. There's quality and depth. There is a good solid goalkeeper. Good back line with rotating wing backs. Options available. In midfield, Bentancur has been a lot better and has not had the plaudits that I think he deserves this mm. season. He's I held agree. That. He's been superb. Yeah. For him. He's been I very th- solid. I think his 
he came to us while Kulu came to us. And it's very easy, you know, you look at Kulu and you're just like, Jesus Christ, he's a hell of a player. But I think mm. you're right. I think Ben Tanker is, is equally as good. He's unbelievable. He's been amazing. He's been like your Michael Carrick again. I know this is a grand statement, but again, like, Spursy is a verb for a reason. Yeah. I'm watching this squad at the moment. And like I said, it's not really great to watch, but... The fact we're taking points, it's very reminiscent of kind of Fergie's United, where you watch them going, sometimes the football's a bit shit, but they're taking points consistently. Yeah. And that's that's not a Spurs that I have seen oh, in my lifetime. Have a football club. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. As long as you get and, the points on the board. You're... And without, um, and I guess obviously R- Romero's been out and there was a clean sheet, obviously, on the, clean sheet on the weekend still. Um, he's mm. an important player. Looks like he's going to mm. come back this weekend. Son has hasn't looked on it yet, but obviously, again, you know, you know he's going to come good too. So yeah. the signs are there to get seven points from nine without without really playing to your full potential. Um, Steve, bring you in, Spurs. What are you made? We got so we got ninety seconds, Steve. Bring it. I just wanted <laughs> to bring a little little point. Um, something that was interesting. The the Spurs clear out continues. I noticed that and Don is gone to Napoli on loan this week. Um, so uh, really, um, mm. Conte is really uh, clearing house, which surely has got to be a, quite a, an encouraging thing. Yeah. Um, but also, I, just a little word for Wolves. I thought they actually p- played pretty well. I only mm-hmm. watched the the match of the day highlights, but they were predominantly Wolves attacks. Um, they've strengthened with the two uh, with two attacking players. Um, one of them, the Matthias Nunes from Sporting Lisbon. He looks an absolute peach most of the stuff i've seen around him is he's already too good for wolves and it's effectively Mm. it's a um a george mendez signing that is being used as a stepping stone for him to go and play for one of the top six probably Mm. um because wolves paid 38 million for him um and he nearly scored some peaches on his debut he he had a couple of really good good chances uh and I think that if they, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that he's going to be like a wolf saviour or a player like Jimenez was or or Neves when they first came up. But, um, you know, he, he he has got a lot of quality. So, yeah, um, I've got a couple of quick like bullet points of literally like one line things that stuck Steve, out for this week. Ivan Tony, class. I'm putting out yeah. a prediction right now. I reckon he's going to be at a top eight club by next season. Um, David Rea, unbelievable saves. Like, not just in this game, but like he again could be another player. I reckon if Brentford stay up again this season, they could be being picked apart for players. Um, Wilf Zaha has somehow started the season on fire, like he's 21 again. Like, what is going on with that player? I can't believe that I I left him out of my FPL because he's generally like on the cut, cheap, cheap player, but unbelievable. Um, the Saliba goal was outrageous. Yes, yeah, as okay. was the Madison free kick against Southampton. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Like, Shout get out. Trippier's one as well. Trippier's yes, game. absolutely. That was unbelievable too. And Saints, what the fuck? Just what the fuck? That second goal from Che Adams. What the? Where did that come from? I know. Yeah. What are you doing? Like, he honestly, came up with like twenty-five to go. He nearly had a hat trick. Yeah, I know. Oh, I feel bad. I feel bad, Mitch. We haven't talked about Forest. If you'll permit, if you'll permit us, Luke, an extra minute for. 
So let's have I felt fun. watching watching Forest get their first points away in the Premier League. For oh, it was great. Years. Yeah. Do you know what? It's so important to get those points on the board early because there's a lot of talk mm. about lots of new players having to gel, gel those players as well. So the win against West Ham was massive because you do feel our home form is with any promoted side really is going to be key. So to get that win early was amazing. And then really Everton's a bit bittersweet really because whenever you take the lead away from home anywhere. With ten minutes to go, you hope that you'll you'll hang on, and the goal was really sloppy. Really, it was just route one. But there's a lot of encouraging signs, and I think so much improved from our away performance at Newcastle. So, signs are good. We're still looking at signing players. Tottenham seems to be the next place on our shopping list potentially. But um, yeah, there should be no one left, good. Mitch. At least <laughs> for the rest of us. Yeah, I know. Lovely stuff. Um, thank you all very much for your time. Lovely people this week, my lovely co-hosts and all you beautiful listeners. Uh, follow us on all the socials at Touchline Rant. And yeah, that's it for this week. Say goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Hi, this is the Blender Coach and you're listening to a Touchline Rant's latest podcast. Back of the net. Touch line, touch line, right? This is a touch line, touch line, right? A touch line, a touch line, right? Oh, touch line.